What's going on, y'all? Episode 34 of The Preacher Man with Jamal Brown. If you haven't already, go ahead and do me a solid right now before I get going. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening. The goal is to get the message out to as many listeners as possible. And you subscribing, liking and sharing Preacher Man and commenting will go a ways to make that happen. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and pretty much anywhere you stream. There's been a lot going on lately around the world and specifically in my beloved hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. Other than the unfortunate weekly, sometimes daily shootings and murders, there were two incidents that stood out nationally. And I want to bring it all together talking about with this episode is talking about the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, you know, toward the end. On Friday, September 2nd, a kindergarten teacher by the name of Eliza Fletcher was doing a routine jog around her neighborhood not far from the University of Memphis, was kidnapped and eventually killed and found in the back of a vacant house in South Memphis. The guy arrested for the murder was a repeat offender since the age of 16 and was recently released from prison, I believe in late 2020. The next major incident happened not even a week later, like five days later on Wednesday, September 7th, when a 19 year old kid was going around the city, randomly shooting people, then running off. He carjacked at least three people, was going live on social media, doing a lot of the act and multiple people got injured and four have been counted as dead. And that was after a about a three hour chase around the city. He was eventually arrested and taken into custody. And just like in the Eliza Fletcher case, the guy responsible is a repeat offender that just got out of prison earlier this year for attempted murder in 2020. And all this is nothing foreign to Memphis, my hometown, a.k.a. the the home. A lot of people look at the first 48 show, you know, but the frequency that it has been going on in the last month here in the city has been wild and discouraging and alarming you know um to a certain degree like things of this nature that are going on in other cities around the world are being driven by forces that we can't physically see but it's just as real as this microphone i'm speaking into and the couch that you lay on in the bed that you sleep in i started saying this verse at the end of the last episode which is um ephesians 6 12 and I want to read that in uh, NLT. It says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And I've said this on probably a few of my um, podcast episodes because it's, you know, it probably can relate to pretty much anything that we're dealing with, you know, in this life on, on, on this side, in this realm. And it's a basic reminder that we shouldn't get all mad and bent out of shape and be so vengeful toward people when the real battle is against those evil forces, those rulers and authorities that are influencing and controlling their behaviors. Like the human side of us will get mad and frustrated and upset. And that's fine because we all, it's going to happen. But as long as we have a micro perspective and drive the majority of that energy toward the root of the problem instead of the symptom, which in this case would be the person. And I'm not saying the person should be let off the hook and 
not be held responsible. I'm saying for those that are spiritual and call Jesus Lord and Savior, we have a responsibility to go deeper. The prince of the air, the prince of the power of the air uh, described in Ephesians 2 verse 2. I want to read that real quick. It says, and he and you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin in which you were once walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. And so this is in Ephesians and it's talking about the prince of the power of the air, which is talking about Satan and couple that with Ephesians six twelve, And it has me to believe that those forces those demonic forces, the kingdom of darkness, you know, they reside, they live above us in heavenly places. The Bible speaks of three heavens. OK, so a little small detour here. So the first heaven can clearly be seen by everyone. Right. It's where the blue skies are, the clouds, airplanes, birds, where where they be at. The second heaven, from my understanding, is where the planets, galaxies, stars out of space. You know, that realm. Also, this is where I believe Satan and all his fallen angels that went with him live. Now, that's not saying they only stay up there and they don't dwell invisibly among us, searching and prowling to see whom they may devour and possess. But their home is the second heaven. Just for an example, just like wherever our home is doesn't mean we're always there. You know, depending on your occupation or your career, you may never be home. You know, sometimes we may take a flight and be on the other side of the country. Sometimes we may be at work or be at, at the gym or church or over a friend's house. But whenever we want to lay our head and dwell with our close community, we go home. OK, so the third heaven is its own realm. And what I like to think is a planet in of itself. It's where God, Jesus, the angels and all those who have been saved by Christ's blood live. I think too many people, at least I've been exposed to, I've seen that I think too many people assume Satan is already in hell and that he's, quote unquote, you know, under our feet physically. But the Bible never says that spiritually he should be under our feet because of what Jesus, all Jesus has done. But the location wise in intangible form, Satan and his minions dwell among us, above us and live in the power of the air in the second heaven. And sometimes me included, we can get so liberty minded and do whatever we want, not take into account the subtle, crafty influence of Satan and his community of rulers. Because Satan, because Satan, because Jesus has done it all and Satan has no power over us, which both is true. But it's a constant daily process to continue for him to not have power over us. I want to read a a verse in First Peter five, verses eight and eight and nine, which should be familiar to some of y'all here. It says, "Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are." And I've read this verse before, and I'm sure some of you have, too, but really stands out sometimes. I think we can read the Bible or just anything and just 
look at it and not really take every word and and really dissect it. And so when I look at this first Peter, he's saying he's the Satan is like a roaring lion. Right. And so I looked up some stuff about some lions and seeing could this also be some characteristics in how Satan moves and his kingdom of darkness and how they move when it comes to us and influencing us. Okay. So the lions are known as king of the beasts, right? Lions hunting strategies are they're calculated. Now I'm getting all this stuff. I looked up some stuff. So just bear with me here. Lions hunting strategy strategies are calculated and unique. Mostly lions attack the bigger prey like buffalo, zebras, giraffes in groups. They stay hidden in the grass and let the prey come close. Lions usually stalk their prey. It's rarely a random incident. They calculate how they want to come at you. Lion hunting strategy is different according to the size, strength, and aggressiveness of the prey. Mostly lions prefer to attack the weaker, older ones and the calves for better conversion. Now, can we see in how a lion moves that Satan is the same way, but the prey instead of other animals is us? Like the Bible says the devil is subtle and crafty, right? Like in order to be those two things, you have to be calculated in your approach. And why does it seem like the most anointed people have the most demons going against them? Like just like I read, just like with the lions, they have to gang up on their bigger, most powerful prey because it would be too hard to take down those type of people with just one or two of them. See, Peter was using an analogy to describe the ways of Satan. And as I said before in this pod, I'm a believer that God doesn't waste words. If Peter was inspired by Holy Spirit and used lying as an example, then it has to be something to it. And nowadays, it's even easier to get caught up in the subtle crafty ways of Satan. One way that is running rampant now is pornography. Like 15, 20 years ago, we had to go search and pay to see porn. But now all we have to do is log into any social media platform and see for free what we would have paid four years ago. And it seemed harmless, but it's a gateway to get our mind away just long enough to distract us from doing the things we need to be doing. And without saying it can become a domino effect to get into things that can go much deeper and could potentially destroy families. And as much knowledge and wisdom God has given me and and trust me, I'm I'm nowhere near excused from this type of temptation or behavior. But it's something we, especially as men, have to be aware of and do our best to fight. And as technology continues to grow, we as a society will get the benefit because things will become more convenient and easier. But I'm not sure too many people thought about this. On the flip side, Satan and his kingdom of darkness gets more access and ways to trap us with his influence, the gift and the curse. Like something as simple as Amazon Prime Delivery, DoorDash, Uber Eats, online shopping has made things super convenient, but it also can work against our budget and make it seem like there is no real tangible negative effect until we look up and see we're thousands of dollars in debt abusing credit cards. She's very subtle, but the more it accumulates, it becomes it continues to get bigger and bigger. 
And as the time draws closer and closer for Jesus to return, the frequency of the destruction influence of Satan and his kingdom will continue to ramp up. His goal is for us to lose hope and believe he has all the control. When people lose hope in the world around us, they start to lose hope in themselves. And when they lose hope in themselves, it's hard to see hope for your neighbor. And when you lose hope for your neighbor, it's easy to become reckless and don't care who you hurt, hurt, including yourself. The suicide and murder rates are increasing because people have no hope for themselves and others. But it's the influence of emotions controlled by Satan that allows all of it to happen. When Jesus was fasting and taken away for 40 days to be tempted by Satan in Luke 4, Satan threw everything he could at Jesus. He tried to make him commit suicide. He promised him fame and glory. You know, if he just uh, kneeled down and worshiped him. And I'm sure several other things that were not detailed in that text. And I said it was several other things probably not detailed in that because when I look at Hebrews 4.15, it says, this is the new King James. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. So looking at that and looking at Luke four, when Satan is talking to Jesus, getting him to violate scripture, it looks more like Satan is talking to Jesus's mind, you know, because if Jesus was tempted just as we are, you know, as we are here in this present realm in this earth today, how does the devil speak to us? How does he really convince us to do things that we know that we shouldn't be doing? Like those words Jesus heard Satan say came through his mind. Like how many times have we heard a negative or evil thought? Like who told you you were worthless, that you should kill yourself, that you should kill others or that you should cheat on your spouse or just something real simple like, you know, <laughs> go have that third piece of cake or go have three other cookies or, you know, go indulge in X, Y and Z, you know, whatever. The, who put that stuff in your head? You know, that person. Now, who's that person hating on you? Why is that person hating on you? Like, where did those thoughts come from? What actions influence those thoughts? Who influenced the actions that gave birth to those thoughts? All of it is a domino effect that points back to Satan. See, a lot of times we give too much credit to people for being inherently bad. Like, of course, they make their own decisions. We make our own decisions. But the thoughts and influence going on in their mind before they make those decisions is not their own. That's the subtle craftiness of Satan, because He'll have us believing it's all coming from our own intellect. Like Satan is called a prince because he is a ruler and possesses power to manifest evil in the world through influencing people and commanding demons. With all the demonic stuff going on in the world today, many of us are fed up and some have even given up even with the idea of prayer. They say, you know, I'm tired of praying and seeing stuff happen the same way, happen time and time again. We need to actually do something. Forget praying. Like, what good is praying if all, you know, the same stuff continue to happen? And I get the emotion behind it and maybe even the heart of it, depending who's saying it. But it should never be one or the other. We need both prayer and action. The prince of the power of the air, Satan wants us to stop 
praying. He wants intercessors to stop crying out to God. He wants us to go act off our emotional instinct. He wants us to be hopeless. The kingdom of darkness is playing chess. And a lot of us, I mean, unfortunately, are, are playing checkers. But praise to be to God, the game is fixed because we who are in the body have already won. But the trick is we need to overcome the illusion, the mental and emotional anguish that Satan is winning the battle against God. Like with those two major incidents I mentioned earlier in Memphis, the two men responsible didn't have any active father figures in their life. And I believe one of them has been locked up for the last 20 plus years for a second degree murder. Now, when we talk about serving our community, because a lot of this in Memphis is kind of like the, the national conversation with some of it, at least that I've been uh, witnessing online and stuff. People talking about serving the community, because just like in Memphis or any other hoods or cities around the country, you got a church on every corner, you know, and, you know, people are upset. You know, they're like, you know, these churches need to be doing more, raising up these young boys and doing this and that and trying to put the blame kind of on these churches that we need to be serving. What are y'all doing? We need to be doing all this serving. But I think we need to take a step back and look at what serving actually is. Like, yeah, it can it can be having a prayer drive in a neighborhood, you know, fish, fish fries, free free giveaways, haircuts, you know, et cetera, and stuff of that nature, uh, going witnessing and stuff like that. But really the heart of serving is really taking care of your own family first. Like we can stress all the good things we can do with and for the community. But if the message of taking care and being responsible for our own family, especially as men, is not in the forefront, then we just want to pat on the back for doing something good. Just as generic praying can get on people's nerves, you know, we just need to pray, 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 pray. Like generic serving, you know, can be the same thing, too. You know, all this stuff needs to be targeted and aimed in a specific area. I say if a man is taking care of his household and active in his children's life, he is serving the community well. Other things like youth sports, church activities, an organization like the Boys and Girls Club, Big Brother, they're necessary. Uh, I've seen the good that, that comes out of those programs, but those are branches on the tree. It's not it's not the base. Because I don't think the heart of the situation is just to see how many uh, things we can pile on our resume to say that, OK, now we're serving the community. What are you doing? You know, that's more so like the Pharisees uh, that was in the New Testament, like in Matthew and Mark and Luke. Like they're pumping their chest like, oh, what have you done? I'm serving the community. I'm doing this X, Y and Z. But the real question is, what are you doing with your family? Are you taking care of your family first? You know, is your wife and your kids, are you are you treating them well? Are you providing for them? Are you active in their life? You know, those are the things that will be most important, not just being in the community, you know, giving boxes of food or whatnot. Not saying there's something wrong with that, but that shouldn't be the heart of serving. Serving is everybody does their part. And then as a collective we bring it to the table. And so everybody, everybody is good because I'm taking care of my family and the next door neighbor taking care of their family. Now, when we put them out into society and to the community, they know how to act. They're well off. They have a better mindset. The best way Satan has infiltrated into society 
is to make sure the man is either not present, dead or in, j- or in jail or in prison. And some may not want to hear this, uh, but Satan loves to prey on a woman's emotions, especially if she is the leader of the household by default. He'll have a much easier time convincing and manipulating her than he would with a man. And it wasn't it's not a coincidence. Satan went to Eve first to convince her what God said. Like that could be a whole nother whole nother episode. But, I, you know, I would like to have a probably female to get into that. Talk about that. So but remember, man, we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. It's a lot going on out here, and it seems day by day, it's another story popping up. It's another drive-by. It's another hit-and-run. It's another uh, crazy act, and um, we just all need to be prayerful, um, be safe, and listen to the Holy Spirit, man. I appreciate you all for listening, and until next time, salute. Salute.